the prophecy of the Antichrist, as some would say. Um, one person, as I was reading and studying this, uh, they pointed out that it, you know, Antichrist is there's a spirit of Antichrist. A lot of people uh, have that spirit. It's just a spirit against God and teachings against God. And, and, uh, and so on and so forth. But, uh, you know, the, the Bible does uh, name the man that will come on the scene as the beast in, in the book of Revelation. And people will worship the beast. Uh, it's interesting, too, that uh, how many people have been ascribed to be that person through the years. <laughs> Kings of Spain and the, the big computer system actually called the beast. Uh, uh, Henry Kissinger... Uh, Mr. Fauci, uh, <laughs> and a lot of other folks, along uh, Bill Gates and a lot of other folks has been attributed, but I don't think none of them are him. Uh, but he could be in this world today. As uh, we look at this, we will see uh, some things. Um, and uh, again, uh, just kind of uh, taking a look at it. Uh, but then... Uh, like I mentioned to the church last night, that folks that was here for prayer meeting, uh, here, you know, in verse number 2 of, of uh, uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, it kind of speaks to, to the saints of God. And I think my, my primary thought uh, to myself uh, and to the church this morning is in the times that we live in, where are we as individuals and where are we as a church, you know, going to stand and going to serve? Uh, we're going to get into the servitude of the church and, and, uh, and ourselves as individuals uh, in our next section in First Peter on Sunday nights here. Uh, and, you know, submitting yourselves and then in verse number 18, uh, be, you know, being subject to our masters and honoring all men and loving the brotherhood and so on and so forth. So there's a place to stand in that. We even seen that when we dealt with Esther and Mordecai. Mordecai didn't bow down to uh, Naaman, but, uh, uh, you know, he... he he got word to the king when the when the, the folks was trying to conspire against him. Uh, Esther went through the proper motions before the king, and uh, so on and so forth. And uh, but you know, even under the threat of her her potential death, uh, she still you know fasted and prayed and presented herself before the king to the saving of her people. You know, I got to looking at um, Ukraine, looking at the world events uh, that might be going on. Uh, Lee, uh, Rebecca and the boys came down yesterday and took uh, me out to lunch for my birthday. And, uh, of course, they have uh, missionaries to the Ukraine uh, out of their church. They're currently back here, but uh, they are able to send money uh, via uh, a, a way of putting it on a, a card that can be recharged to a missionary that has still in the country, that's taking over their city work, as they call it, and they're able to buy food in bulk. And they're able to uh, take that food and put it in the bags, uh, two days' worth of meals for, each, uh, for an individual. And they served over a 1,000 people here recently. 
the first time that they did it, and they served over 1,500 people the second time they did it. Um, and then in, in that process, they gave out the liter- you know, gospel literature along the way. And, they, and so there's a church there in the Ukraine, you know, established uh, by a missionary from Muskogee, Oklahoma, uh, that's now distributing food in war-torn Ukraine and then st- and presenting to them the gospel as they serve them, as they meet their needs, as we see there in the book of James. Uh, so, so should difficulties come our way? Again, you know, where are we going to stand? How are we going to stand? What are we going to do? Are we going to be the light? In darkness, and we're going to see some of those scriptures here uh, because we know that certain things must come to pass, and there's going to be certain things that come here in America. And in a lot of my secular job, I'm just telling you, just very minor things could happen, and in seconds' time, America would be changed. That's in the world today. So. So anyway, let's pick up our reading, verse number 1 of Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. And we can go to First Thessalonians chapter 4, and again, Paul writing through the Thessalonican church, when he, he says there at the end of that passage, wherefore comfort one another with these words, and about not being ignorant, verse number 13, for I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, uh, that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. And it talks about the uh, coming of the Lord and our resurrection. Those that are dead in Christ will rise first, and then we which are alive and remain shall be called up to meet him in the air. What a blessing that 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 is. And it is a fact that it's coming. But we know, and as I pointed out last night when I read this scripture, just kind of in, in prelude to this morning's message, in the flesh we get concerned. In the flesh, which he's dealing with, in Romans, the flesh gets concerned about things. And the flesh will look at the news, and the flesh will look at, uh, at your surroundings. The flesh, will, the flesh will look at the gas prices. <laughs> the flesh will look at the, the meat prices. And uh, the flesh will look at... Uh, you know all the extra that's coming that we're having to pay out, and what you know, and what's coming in, you know, and and we scratch our heads and we get concerned in the flesh, and that's just natural. It's natural to be concerned, and I think that's why you know all through here, apparently, even in in the scriptures, in these letters that's written to these churches by many of them by Paul's hand, are words of encouragement to the churches. Because they get discouraged. Words of encouragement to the churches of, look, don't get your eyes, set your, set, it talks about even just our affections. Don't set your affections on the earth. Set your, 
You know, don't lay your treasures here on the earth because, you know, it's going to, moth is going to corrupt those things. Rust is going to set your affections and your treasures in heaven. So all through here, we're reminded over and over again in each of these books of the Bible, and that's, you know, many centuries ago. And here we are today facing what we are facing today in such a time as this. You know, God got us, God had us either lived as long as he's lived, these 89 years, and or, you know, how old are you, brother? 30? So, you know, of the 30 years, 30 years ago, you being born and God saving you and, and having you here at, at your age and in the positions that we're in and the circles that we're in and the in serving in, in, in society and the capacities that we serve in for such a time as this. And we... Oftentimes we, we we fail to focus on that. And I and I think, you know, again, going back to what he said to the Thessalonican church, we need to keep our eyes upon the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse number one. And by doing those and by by doing that and by having that that mental faculty, that 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 foresight of the Lord's coming then we can, like number two, because of that, be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us as that the day of Christ is at hand. And then the deceit, the deceit, the the deceit that the son of perdition is going to, and we will see extra from what I, the way that I had dealt with this before, but let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. And we know and we see, even Brother Glenn can testify of the many years he's been, you know, saved and associated with church and churches, and I can testify growing up in, in churches in the 70s, you know, and, and see the altars filled both with saints in, in the invitation, praying for sinners and sinners in, in, in getting saved. In, in those protracted meetings that used to be called revival meetings that went on for several weeks, a very rare thing. Most of the time nowadays, you know, you call an evangelist and they're like, oh, so do you, you, you want me a Sunday through Wednesday or Wednesday through Sunday? And I'm like, no, I want you a whole week. And I wouldn't mind having you two weeks. <laughs> but there's where a lot of churches, you know, the, you don't get a good, uh, we went five weeks at Island Ford, and God was just, uh, it was uh, amazing, just uh, time to be there. And again, you're talking about the flesh. I mean, you know, it was long, and but then you get out, you know, we, we examined, we're talking about examining ourselves. We examined ourselves so much and God pointed things out and we got right with ourselves, got right with God, got right with each other, got right. And we seen souls saved. It was a revival to the church, but those souls were saved in that. There would be a night where the preaching would just pre- preach on sin in our lives and we're talking about those deep inward sins, those, you know, the jealousy and the, and the, the, the things that you can keep hid 
and, and we would be on the altar confessing those sins, and then the next night it would just break out in praise, and we would, we would shout her out and, and just give God the glory. But, but the day shall not come, Christ's coming shall not come except their great falling away first. And we see that in the churches today as it's hard to just get folks to come to church. They don't, they don't, they don't anticipate Christ's coming. They don't see themselves as sinners. They don't see a need because like the Laodicean church, <laughs> and if we want to make application to the church age, is people see themselves, you know, they, 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 the prospering, Revelation chapter 3 or 4, 3, Verse 14, and unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the, Lord, uh, saith the Amen, the faithful, the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I, I would thou work cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. He's talking to the churches there. The church, the angel of the church, the pastor of the church, because thou sayest, here's where people are, not only in the churches, these where people are in society, especially in America. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich in white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. But, the, but, you know, people just have so much. I mean, the poor people in America what, are rich compared to other countries. And that's why they all want to come here. Now, I've been in Mexico. I've been in Sicily. I've been in Germany. I mean, I didn't go downtown in Germany. I had to stay on the base. But I've been in a few places and seen beggars on the street and seen, you know, just, and this was, you know, 35 years ago. It's come a long way in 35 years as far as a lot of these other worlds uh, these other other well, worlds, these other countries, out, but still, yet it's nothing like the prosperity that America has. And because of our prosperity, we, as Americans, have that that mentality of I don't need anything. You know, I've got my house paid for. I've got a boat. I've got a you know, I got a camper, I got the pool, I got the this, I got the that, I got all the whatevers. And, and, and just to see what people throw away money on. I was sitting in my, I was sitting in, the, in therapy when my shoulder was messed up and I heard two women, one of them was the receptionist there at the therapist's office, 
and, a, and another one of the, the patients, and they were talking about weddings and how much the venue for their daughter's weddings, each of their daughter's weddings was going to, just the venue was, you know, $5,000 or better. And I'm going, just for the place? <laughs> I'm like, just say I do and spend that money on a honeymoon. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just say I do and buy a house. You know, put that on down payment for a house. But people will spend, you know, upwards to, you know, $35,000 just to get married. And I'm just going, but, you know, they don't need because they have. And they're able to do that by their own might. I'll go out and I'll work. I got a good job. I got a good education. Again, they've made themselves their own God then they, they, they stand in need of nothing. So they, they have that, like the Laodicean church, they have all these things so they don't even need God. And that's why our pews are like they are today. But you go back to World War II, pews was full. Go back to the Great Depression when they didn't have. When they struggled, the pews was full. There was, a, a, I preached a woman's funeral the, I preached her husband's funeral. It was the first funeral I ever preached, but her, it was a radio listener. Uh, she said, and her, and I met the colonel, actually, um, which was her brother. He was in the, in the funeral, the first funeral I ever preached. He was a POW, World War II. And... They said, and they, they were from Roanoke, no, Roanoke, Alabama, I think, around that area. That don't sound right, but they were from Alabama, northeastern, northeastern Alabama. And they said, during, she, she told me several times, just in talking with her on the phone and stuff, that she said, during World War II, her brother being one of them, but during World War II, every serviceman that was in the church or related to the church members, they took their photographs and they put them literally up on the altars. And every service they would pray over their servicemen while they were in World War II. And she said, testify, one of them they didn't hear about, and it was her brother, they didn't hear from him for a long time. They didn't know that he, and then they did find out that he was a POW, but it said every single one of them at that little church in northern Alabama, every one of them come home. But see, that was a time when, you know, there was, there was, there was a, a, a need for God in, in society's mind. And the need for God in society's mind is not here these days. We, as the, as the children of God, we as the church of God, need to focus upon the coming of Christ. It'll, it will force us <laughs> to do some things. It'll, it'll, it'll cause, I say force, it'll cause us 
to, to think differently about things. Again, and I am just as guilty as you are, is getting over here, the, the, the two sides of the flesh and the spirit, and in the flesh, see some things and get concerned. But then I'm quickly reminded because of the, the spirit that lives within me, you know, get your eyes off of the world. Look up for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Then it causes me to think differently. It causes me to act differently. It causes me to get concerned about my children and about those that come in here and pray for them in a different way. That they're lost. And it, and, just, and it causes me to consider should society go a certain way in this falling away. Being that light in the darkness that we're supposed to be. You know, we, we talked about when God gave us this building. Not that we wasn't a light in the community there where we were at on Southeast 12. As people would drive by and one thing or another and see the little church building there. But we, we did talk about, in fact, the previous pastor of the building <laughs> talked about the traffic and and just how that people will see and, and, and one thing or another. And we've even experienced and seen that, that, look, you know, there's people in the parking lot now. It's not just a Sunday morning anymore. It's a Sunday morning and a Sunday night and a Saturday night and a, and a Wednesday night and, and special services. That something's going on down here. And that in itself is a lot to people that come by. Not saying that we shouldn't do more. But that, you know, I'm not saying that that's all we should do, but we should do more. But again, where is our focus? Is it on the world and world events? Or is it on the coming of Christ? So there's going to come that great falling away first before he comes. And we're seeing that in our world today. And, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition... And we dealt with this here the first time we dealt with this scripture. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God. Or that is worshipped so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. So let's look. And I didn't go there the last time. Turn with me if you'll, to Daniel in the Old Testament. The Schofield Bible here. Let's see here. Daniel chapter uh, 10, I think it is. 11, 10, 11. Let's see here. Daniel chapter 11. And I'm not going to go into an extensive Daniel Revelation kind of study this morning by no means. But he's going to exalt himself as God there. We just read. and We see that again here in Daniel chapter 11, page 919 in your school field, 918, 919. Pick up a reading of verse number 32 of Daniel chapter 11. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. He'll deceive. We read, we read the word there. 
and he will, he will flatter. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. So all through here, and one of the things that popped out on the page that I was reading, looking at this son of perdition, was the fact that there is still a people of God, that small remnant, in all of this. And we will not be deceived, or we will, we will be wise to these things, and we're going to see this, and so keep that in mind. And, and if nothing else, that's my message today, as we look at world events, and of course, again, we know that, that truth oftentimes in today's society is kept from the people in news circles. But uh, so in verse number three, and they that understand among the people shall instruct many. Again, who is they? The people that like you, the people like me, the people that God has given some understanding and foresight about the things to come. We will instruct many, and that should be what we do as children of God. To learn more, not that we know that the day and the hour, for no man knows that. But the fact that Jesus is coming, we know that. And as we get understanding that we instruct others. And they that understand among the people shall instruct many yet, shall fall by the sword and by flame, by captivity and by spoil many days. And when they shall fall away, they shall be hoping with a little help. But many shall cleave to them with flatteries. And some of them understanding shall fall to try, the, to try them and to purge and to make them white even to the time of the end because it is yet for a time appointed. And the king shall do according to his will and he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god, little g, and shall speak marvelous things against the god, big g, He's going to speak against the God of gods, the God of gods, and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished, for that is determined shall be done. Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers. Verse number 37 is an interesting verse because I, I have heard this about it and I was looking it up. So it's the God, capital G, of his fathers. So when we've talked about the beast, the one that should come, some people call him the Antichrist, they feel that he's probably Jewish because of this verse. Because the God of his fathers is talking about the only true and living God, Jehovah. The God of his fathers, so he, he, he's not going to regard the God of his fathers, nor the desire of women, so a lot of things have been attributed to him because of that phrase. Nor regard any God, for he shall magnify himself above all. He is going to set himself up as God. But in his estate, he shall honor the God of forces, capital G. Now here's, because pay attention to what follows right after this. He is going to... Honor the God of forces, he's going, he, he's not going, he's, he is going to use religion. 
He's going to say that he is honoring and he's going he's to make it look like he's honoring the God of heaven at a certain time here. But secretly, after the colon, and a God who his fathers knew not, shall he honor with gold and silver and with precious stones and pleasant things. So he's going to set up his own private idol. He's going to make it look on the outside that he's serving the one true living God, but behind the scenes he's going to serve idol, this little God, with gold and silver and precious stones. And I have been in homes, in, and there are still religions today, and you go to some oriental restaurants even, they'll have their little Buddha, and they'll actually have the little drink and the little plate of food before the Buddha in their restaurant, hoping that that Buddha is going to prosper their restaurant. They are putting food and drink before this idol. The Hopi dolls is still religious, and, and there's little idols in among the Native Americans in the Hopi nation, and so many other false gods that people steal today. And you think there's nobody that ignorant? Yes, there are. There are people serving false gods today in this world like that. So this is what he's going to do. He's going to serve and put up that God there. And thus, thus shall he do in the most strongholds with a strange God whom he shall acknowledge and increase with glory. And he shall cause them to rule over many and shall divide the land for gain. And at, that, and at the time of the end shall the king of the south push at him, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind with chariots and with horsemen and with many ships, and he shall enter into the countries and shall overflow and pass over. He shall enter also into the glorious, uh, glorious land, and many countries shall it be overthrown, but these shall escape out of his hand. Now pay attention here. These shall escape out of his hand, even Edom and Moab and the chief of the children of Ammon. And Ammon is... The Jordanians, Ammon Jordan, which was the son of the second daughter that lay with Lot. Moab was the first, the Moabites. He shall stretch forth his hand also upon the countries, and the land of Egypt shall not escape, but he shall have power over the treasures of gold and silver and over all the precious things of Egypt, and the Libyans and the Ethiopians shall be at his steps. But tidings out of the east and out of the north shall trouble him. Therefore he shall go forth with great fury to destroy and to utterly make away many. And he shall plant the tabernacles of his palace between the seas and the glorious holy mountain, yet he shall come to his end, and none shall help him. Now, I'm going to point this out. Today, today, starts Israel to host a historic summit with four Arab foreign nations starting today. 
This will be an historic summit. Minister Yair Lapid, 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 that's it, tweeted on Saturday night he will be joined at the summit by his counterparts, Blinken of the U.S., uh, these names, Shorky of Egypt, uh, Abdullah bin Zaid of the United Arab Emirates, this other fellow from Bahrain, and this other fellow from Morocco. As of Saturday night, Jordan was not expected to attend, but they had recently done a a Zoom call, a meeting of all these people. This meeting comes after the historic parlay of which the Prime Minister, uh, Crown Prince of Abu Dhabi, the, an Egyptian president, uh, had met together. The meeting of the Arab ministers is as an important show of regional solidarity against the Iranian nuclear threat and aggression. Now, I'm just saying how Israel happened. The reason I even looked up Israel, because we don't hear... Anything about Israel in today's news cycle, it's all about Ukraine. But Israel is the, what, is the one to watch. Amen. They're the prophetic time clock. And things that happen to them, and so there's some important historic things happening today in Israel. The concept of new alliances come from the fact that we need a long-standing stability regardless of the current administ- American administration, uh, regardless the current administ- American administration is good to us or mediocre, the source in Abu Dhabi said. So regardless of where America stands, they're looking for regional peace. Does this sound familiar from what we just read there? In fact, here in Daniel, no, it was in Isaiah, we'll get to that in a second. This consistent, and all through the Old Testament, even in the book of Judges, just the single book of Judges, looking at Israel, they would reject God, they would fall under captivity, they would repent, serve God for a while, and then they would reject God, fall under captivity, and it was over and over and over again. And Israel hasn't changed. Everything that they... How that they've operated in the past, that's why we can read in Isaiah and Daniel and find these things happening today because there's just a continuous cycle here. And in Isaiah, we're going to see in just a minute, they sought alliances to hopefully overcome, but they didn't overcome. And we'll read that. And so here's these regional that We want peace. In Israel, we're gonna we're gonna shoulder up with the with the uh, Islam country, Islamic countries of Morocco and Abu Dhabi and Bahrain and Jordan and Jordan, and it's historic. Blinken did host a virtual meeting with representatives of the UAE, Bahrain, and Morocco in September to mark the one year anniversary of the accords about the Abram. Accords, Abraham Accords. So this is the most significant face-to-face meeting of the Abraham Accords, which includes the high-level representation of the Biden administration. So there was a, a virtual meeting 
uh, back in September. This meeting, um, the meeting this week will build on the Sharam meeting as well as build on Israel's movement to U.S. CENTCOM. This is important because Israel has, take, has taken part in new military exercises in the region. Here's the clear message. The clear message is that the Abraham Accords countries are coming together with U.S. backing. I didn't read the whole article, just highlights. There's the, there's the key takeaway from this. The Abraham Accords, set up under the Trump administration, are coming together with U.S. backing as our current Secretary of State is going to show up there. Coming together, looking for peace. Making alliances. Looking for peace. Turn with me, Isaiah chapter 28. Oh, this is going to be, it's called the Negev, I guess, uh, uh, summit. And, uh, and the capital of Negev is Beersheba. I thought that was kind of interesting. They're getting together. We, I said, I've read about Beersheba in here. Isaiah 28. Things are happening. Most of us are worried, you know, you know, and that's what they want. Gas prices, Ukraine, gas prices, Ukraine. That's what we hear about. We don't hear about this summit unless you go look for it. We don't hear about, you know, these alliances until you go look for it. And you're like, well, that's over in Israel. What it has to do with me? Well, again, Israel, looking at Israel, looking at all these things. You think, hmm, and this man of perdition, God of his fathers, this man of perdition who's pretending to serve God, Isaiah 28, again, in this particular passage, there was, and this happened, there was an alliance, the split kingdom, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, and in and, and verse number 14, Wherefore, hear the word of the Lord, ye scornful men that rule this people which is in Jerusalem, because ye have said, We have made a covenant with death, and with hell are we at agreement with the overflowing scourge shall pass through. It shall not come unto us, for we have made lies our refuge, and under falsehood have we hid ourselves. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Now what's happened here in this passage of Scripture is the... the Children of Israel had made alliances with, it says, with hell, or with a covenant with death and hell. And these Assyrians, they have joined in with them thinking that when, the, when they come through, that they'll just ignore us. And we'll just be hidden here because, but, yet, but they wasn't hidden. They, they, these alliances broke down. And when the Islamic people in their religion says that they, they're supposed to kill 
the, the Israelis, but they're over here rubbing shoulders and we're going to get together and we're going to make this a peaceful region. We're going we're to join with, uh, make a covenant with death and with hell. They, if, we, if, we, if we do right by them, then whenever, this is against Iran because they're all worried about Iran and having nuclear weapons and things over there right now. And so we're going to have a, 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 a conglomeration down here, but when it's all said and done, guess what? Every country is going to be going against Israel. All of them. But it's all prophetic. We, we see it in the Word of God, but then you, you take the Word of God and you lay out, if we had printed newspapers today, <laughs> you lay out printed newspapers and you put the Word of God in the middle of it and you start seeing these world news events. Not that we know the exact coming of the day and the hour of the Lord, but we can start seeing things. He's given us some wisdom. He's given us some understanding. Daniel, go back to Daniel. Let's see. I guess we went to 18. Well, let's back up. Uh, verse 17. Judgment also will I lay to the line, and righteousness to the plummet, and the hail, H-A-I-L, shall sweep away the refuge of lies, and the water shall overflow the hiding place. And your covenant with death, this is talking about the children of Israel, your covenant with death shall be disannulled, and your agreement with hell shall not stand when the overflowing scourge shall pass through, then ye shall be drawn down by it. And that's what's going to happen. Now turn back to Daniel, Ezekiel, Daniel chapter 12. Talking about the, the beast coming on the scene, a.k.a. Antichrist, that will set up a false peace and go into all the peace treaties with Israel. I like this. At, and at that time, Daniel 12, 1, at that time shall Michael stand up. Licking his lips, getting his trumpet ready. <laughs> the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people, and there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since the nation even to that same time, and at that time thy people shall be delivered. When he steps up on the scene, he starts these, these things here that we read about in chapter 11. The people of God shall be delivered. Every one that shall be found written in the book. That's it. We shall be delivered from it. What a blessing. But what we're... Keep reading. And many of them that slept in the dust, that sleep in the dust, of the earth shall awake, to, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. 
And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they shall turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. And I look at that, and just to make application, that wise to these things, again, how much more should we be busy trying to get folks in and, and having and just praying that God would help us to have this understanding, help us to be studied, to show ourselves approved to God, rightly dividing the word of truth, to be able to take the word of God and say, look, this is, what, this is the way it is. This is where you're at, whether you're blinded in religion, like his example in Sunday school, and like that fellow that sits next to me at my work, and say, you know, your religion teaches this, but look, the Bible teaches this clearly. Being wise and praying for wisdom. He said he wouldn't, up, he wouldn't withhold it from you if you prayed for it. Praying for wisdom to when to speak and then when and for the words to speak whenever you get that opportunity. So that many will be turned. Let's see here. Three. And then skip down to verse number 10. <clears throat> many shall be purified and made white and tried but the wicked shall do wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. And, there, there, and we read of the, the blindness that's upon this earth, and in Corinthians we read the, the darkness and light, and you know the light and darkness and people that are in darkness, and then we should, should you know, it's used in the missions conference about, uh, about bringing people to the light. I think we was just reading that uh, here the other day. If I can find it again because it's not in my notes. But um, let's see here. I know kind of sort of where it's at. Eh. We'll get it. Anyway. Matthew 24. And we were here in a couple of, in this, in, in that one message about the Lord's coming back. But as, again, and it's just been scattered, but this is kind of, in, 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 in my flesh saying, oh no, what are we going to do? But the Spirit saying, look up. I'm coming back. And I'm going to take you out of here. Hallelujah. But while we're here, what are we going to do? In this, in the spiritual realm of things. What opportunities are we going to have and I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. What opportunities are we going to have to reach the lost? It might be a food line, like in the Ukraine. It may be taking people in and hiding them. We read of these stories in, you know, in war. Most of us in our school read the diary of Anne Frank. 
and we and the hiding place. We are familiar with that that story where they they took the Jewish people in World War II and they hid them. And it could be in the days to come where we're hiding folks. We're bringing them in. But in that hiding, in the bringing them in, in the feeding, we're ministering to them. And some of them come to, come to Christ. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who goes tomorrow. And, it, and I know that the Lord's coming back according to the Scriptures. And we're going to see here in, Matt, in Matthew chapter 24, there we go, verse number 42. Watch, therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, again, that wisdom that he's going to give folks. He's going to give the children of God the wisdom. The people in darkness, they, have no, they don't see it. But the ones that are in the light, the children of God, see some things. But know, and know some things. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known... In what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would have suffered his house to be broken, and wouldn't have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, because of that, be ye also ready for in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh. So out of those three scriptures I've highlighted, watch and then be ready. So that is a general call to all. <laughs> the saint of God, and he's talking about, he's talking about the, um, yeah, the servants here, and we're going to see the servants again in our study in, in Peter. But we're to watch. We are to take what God, the, 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 the master, has given us and we are to work with what God has given us, and we are to watch for Him in His return. And we're to be ready for His return at even, even at any given moment. Watch and be ready. Matthew chapter 25, verse number 13. Watch, therefore. For you know neither the day nor the hour where, uh, wherein the Son of Man cometh. 1 Thessalonians 5. I'm almost done. 1 Thessalonians 5. My Bible will turn right. Verse number 1. But of the times and seasons... Brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly. See, he gives us wisdom. He gives us knowledge. But again, we, we, we get caught up like Laodicea and we're just like, ho-hum, it's Monday again. I got to go back to work. Work your eight hours. Just what's in store for me today? Come home, eat supper, watch the news, you know, go to bed, get up Tuesday and do it all over again. And there's where we just get it. dun 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 and we just get into that mold in the flesh and we, we, we just get dulled to really what's happening around us 
But of the times, the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you for yourselves. Know perfectly that the day of the Lord cometh as a thief in the night. For when we shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Kara, thinking that she was going to go, or any of the other ladies that have ever experienced labor, it's just a day like, I mean, you're miserable because it's been nine months, and, but when the day comes and that pain hits you, and it's like you look at your watch and then about, you know, so many minutes later, ooh, hits you again. Oh, no, it's getting closer. But when that first pain of labor comes, it just kind of hits you. And it uses that here. Sudden destruction come upon them as travail upon a woman with child. It's that fast. For the nine months that you've carried that child, it's just been, you know, maybe a little sickness here and there, and it's just been day after day. And, of course, the, you get to the place where it's like, I wish this baby would come on get here. Whew. And then it happens. Sometimes it happens in the middle of the night. Honey, what? I think it's time. Sometimes you get a call at work. Honey, I think you need to get home. <laughs> Sometimes it might be in the evening. Any, any particular time of the day. I mean, they come all different sorts of times. We was at a place, a little secondhand store, and there's a couple of twin women Older women, older than me, women, <laughs> sitting there, and I heard the discussion, and and they said, "Yeah, we're your twin, uh, your twins." I said, "Yeah, we are." And uh, she was born. Uh, I, I said, "Who's older?" So I'm older. I was born at you know eleven thirty something on one day, and she was born after midnight on the next day. So they're twins, and they have two different birthdays. But the pain comes just. Any time of the day. And that's the way the Lord's coming. And those that don't know Christ will not escape. Verse number four, But ye brethren are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. We're not in darkness. We don't know the day or the hour, but we can see the signs of the times. And that should make us busy. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Because of all that, therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, hallelujah, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. So, so we're to take what we know, we're to 
We're to watch and be sober. We're to reach those that are in darkness. We are to comfort ourselves knowing <laughs> that he's coming. And however dark and doomy and gloomy it gets, he's coming. And when he comes, we're going. <laughs> what a day that, that will be. We sing that song. And then, and then I'll just read it, 1 Peter 4, 7. But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. You say, well, I've heard that all my life, Brother Bill. I have too. But in light of eternity, what's 55 years? In light of eternity, what's 89 years, 30 years? And everywhere in between, nothing. The Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes, it's as a vapor. And I, our lives are as a vapor. And somebody pointed out that, and I haven't, but they said somebody did the math on it. And a day is a thousand years, a thousand years is a day with the Lord. And they, they had a, 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 a steam kettle, steam pot, sitting on the stove. One of them that whistles when it boils. And they actually like, picked a, a point where the, the steam, the vapor disappears and starting at the, at the spout to when it disappears, and that length of time actually correlates with 70 years, which is given to man, the average lifespan of a man, to 1,000 years. Same ratio, just but a vapor, and then it disappears. That's our lives. That's just a thousand years, let alone to eternity. But God's given us wisdom, church. God's given us the word. And we've said it, and not that we're to set ourselves up high, more highly, because we'll fall if we do. But I appreciate this church. I appreciate the, the, the way this church studies and the way this church looks at the word and handles the word. And, 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 but that's just it. If God has allowed us to handle the truth, we ought not to take that lightly. And if God has given us light in the truth, what are we doing with it? In light of Him coming back. Just any time now. Again, it's kind of scattered, but that's where, I mean, today, you know, things are happening in Israel. Alliances, just like they've done before. And we're involved in these talks, historic, historic talks, first time ever. Historic events unfolding in this world today that we see prophetically in the Word of God. And again, you know, there's a lot of folks that see it this way, a lot of folks that see it that way. Lisa and I have run across a fellow that he just returned actually back from Israel, and he does a whole lot of prophetic-type preaching. I haven't followed much of, much of him. I do follow him on Facebook, and I know he has these things, and like I said, maybe 
He's got a little bit of whatever, but I've not ever looked, I've never been inclined looking into it until now. But it's got me wondering. It's got me looking. And I'm thinking, why? Because coming to the Lord's hand. Watching unto prayer. Pray. We make much of prayer around here, and I'm glad we do. Pray without ceasing. Pray for our children. Pray for our grandchildren. Pray for our nation. Daniel prayed for his nation. He confessed the sins of his nation and his people. When we pray, let's hold our nation, let's intercede for our nation and and beg God to forgive our nation's sins as a whole. And I know it was for Israel. When my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. Seek his face. Can you get healing? Now, is healing going to come? No, Jesus is coming. <laughs> and, and there's so many people to hold that and, and make application. And I, I think we can have healing. We can make some application and see revival and so on and so forth. And that's a good, good application there. But look, we're getting down to the end of things. And he's coming back. But what are we going to do with that knowledge? What are we going to do with that wisdom? That's the key. That's it. And, 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 then, and then not fall to the flesh, because he read it this morning in Peter, that he's able to deliver us from the temptations. I think it wasn't said there. Eyes full of adultery as a year. Where was you at today this morning? Two. That's right on the map. Because it, it did pop out there. False prophets, Lord, many. Okay. Yeah, verse number 9. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of punishment to be punished, but chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government, presumptuous are they, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. But he knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations. So there's still a temptation of the flesh to fear and to look at around us and go, oh my. What are we going to do? That's the Lord just to keep us looking up and to look to Him and to be busy about our Father's business. If I, Brother Tim, Miss Pam, come. I have a song of invitation. I know it's been scattered, but look, you're going to have to go, and I'm, and you got to be careful even then when you do go look beyond the networks. For your news. Just know that things are happening around us. And what are we going to do as a child of God in this society that we're living in today? Go ahead, brother.